Our scripture of the day today is John 14, 6. It's found in your bulletin. Let's say it together. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Let us pray. God, with a mother's heart, you gather us as your children. You comfort and hold us in your warm embrace. And when we hurt, your arms enfold us. And when we are afraid, your wings protect us. And when we are hungry, you feed us with the bread of life. God, with a mother's heart, your love surrounds and supports us in good times and in tough, in the midst of joy and pain, always and everywhere. You will never leave us or abandon us. For God, with a mother's heart, we thank you for this day for being a part of your family. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Pastor Kate and I went to this conference in Atlanta and the number one message, like 20 speakers said that pastors have to be, is real. Now, I don't know how much more real I could get, but I'm going to make it real, real today and admit the truth about Mother's Day from the chancel. Are you ready? It's complicated. Last Monday, I found myself standing in the dreaded place I find myself standing every year of this past week, which is... Target in the Mother's Day card section. The rows of Mother's Day cards seem to go on endlessly. Poor Dad, you only get one like half a section, but the moms, the cards go on forever and then it spills out over the aisle and then they have to put them on like every end cap on both sides because I do the walk. So then I'm thinking, what kind of card should I get my mom? Yep. The thing about Mother's Day is it's... Amen. So I think my mother is complicated. I don't know if she thinks I'm complicated or not, but this is what I do know. She thinks I need her, and she's absolutely right. So I'm standing in front of these cards. You know, I've been going at this thing for decades, right? And then there's like funny cards, and there's serious cards, and there's religious cards, and I don't know what I'm doing, so I start with the funny. And so this is the funny card I bought her this year. On the front of it, there's these big bubble words, and it says, Mom, I tested positive for being your best-looking kid. <laughs> and then you open it up, and I wrote in bigger bubbles, bubble letters than on the front of the card and said, even though I'm your only kid. <laughs> I bought that card, but I couldn't stop looking. I kept going, and then I got to the serious card section, and it said, you've always been there for me. And I thought, but a lot of those serious cards have flowers on them. My mother does not like flowers. She likes plants. And if we ever gave her a flower, she'd say, why do you guys give me flowers when I want plants? So there I stood through the serious section, 
desperately finding plants and I found one card that looked like a plant and I bought it because buying a card on Mother's Day is impossible. <laughs> Impossibly complicated. I got it. Okay. So then I went for the religious section. I mean, come on, right? God bless you, Mom. But then I thought, you know, that's kind of obvious, you know, being that I'm a minister and all. So it said, God bless you, Mom, on the outside, a little message on the inside. But I took a big black Sharpie and I wrote across it, God bless you, Mom, for making it through my teen years. And I wrote the word mud. So this is the story. So I kind of liked off-roading with her car. And there was a ski hill that was being built. And what did you have to do? You had to like get everything off and then there was lots of mud and I had to go pick her up one day and I had extra time to kill. And as I'm coming down the street, I realized the rain has created these huge mud puddles. And I was weak and I couldn't resist it. So I gunned it, boom, through the mud. And I think I was enjoying myself until I really hit it, and all of a sudden, I saw all the mud coming up in the air <laughs> over her car. Well, I had to find an auto wash, so I go through the auto wash, and I, I think I got it covered, and I have to go pick her up, right? So I'm waiting outside, I'm like, yeah, I totally pulled it off, but no one tells 19-year-old girls who are off-roading in the mud that you should really look at the underbody of the car. So she came out and she didn't really see it at first, but she decided that she wouldn't drive, that I would drive that day. And she went to the passenger side and it was summer and she went to roll down the window. That's aging me out. And she couldn't get the window down. <laughs> and lo and behold, as she cranked, little sputters of mud came out of the side window. And um, so did I mention that she got the car a month before and that it was a firebird? You know those firebirds like Smokey and the Bandit? I mean, it was her fault for getting that car and tempting me. So cars, like Mother's Day cards, are complicated. Mother's Day for each and every one of us can be really complicated because of all the feelings that come with this day, right? We can have a range in feeling from ecstatic to joy, to grief, and to sadness. Depending on the circumstances in the past and the present with your mom, or in being a mom, or in not being a mom, pain makes things complicated on a day like today. So perhaps making the decision to come to worship today was a hard one, and I'm glad you're here, whether you're in person or online, because this is the family of God. And in the words of that beautiful hymn, Jesus reminds us here and now that however complicated life is in days like today may be, However complicated we are or our relationships are, you and I, we belong to the family of God. And I believe that Jesus has come to meet us all here. Wherever your head is today, wherever your heart is today, this church, I declare it a safe place.
We say we go together. We really mean it. You know, the kind of together that Jesus calls us to not only do, but to be when he said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there too. I also love what Jesus has to say about how we should treat one another. When one among you rejoices, let all rejoice. When one among you cries, let all cry. We go together. So this morning we're going to give God thanks for the moms and the women who in our lives who have loved us like a mom. And we're going to hold them up in our thoughts and prayers for the moms who raised us, who gave us hope, who made us strong, for the single moms who had to figure out how to be a parent all on their own, for those who never got called mom but cared for us like a mom would, for expecting moms, for grieving moms, for those who are called mom by children in their lives, from relatives like nieces and nephews to the children of our friends to youth group kids to men and women, adults who grieve their mom and a woman in their life steps in not to take her place, but just to love you. What a gift. For working moms, for staying home moms, for late night moms, and for morning moms, and for young moms who became moms sooner than expected, and then they gave it all they had. Thus, we jump to Jesus and Mary, right? So I began to look in the Bible at passages of scripture where these two were actually together, and there's not a lot of them, but there's still significant points in the Gospels where we see them interact. And it turns out that Jesus and his mom, you know, with their relationship, guess what it was? Complicated. So look where it all starts, right? An angel comes to Mary. She's 14 or 15 years old. Out of all the women in the world, God chooses Mary and asks this teenage girl to be the mother of the Savior of the world. Now, I have pondered this. Why ask such a young woman? And I am convinced that if God would have asked an older woman, the older woman would have said, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Thank goodness Mary said yes. And of all the ass in the Bible, right, all the men and the women who were called and asked by God to do something really amazing, super big, nobody's going to top being the mother of the Son of God. No burning bushes, no Goliath, no Esther on behalf of the people. The Son of God. All right, so let's look. Let's take a, almost like a snapshot photo, right? So then there's the engagement, and all is going great. She's got this awesome guy named Joseph, and he's a catch. And then we both know what happens, right? An angel appears, she says yes, and then she's worried that Joseph isn't going to believe her. Hey, Joseph, guess what? I'm pregnant, and they both know the baby's not his. What a way to start the entrance of the Son of God. Not to mention her parents, right? 
And then what would happen if Joseph didn't believe her? You know that even though they were engaged, he could divorce her. And what they did in that day is they would, he would declare a divorce, her parents would be forced to kick her out, and she would have lived on the streets. But Joseph didn't do that because Joseph was a man of God. And an angel appeared to Joseph. And then we have the parents, right? And so Mary starts the show, and what do they do with her? They ship her off, right, to cousin Elizabeth's house. And she probably was thinking the whole thing was pretty surreal till she gets there, and Elizabeth is also pregnant with John the Baptist, and there's this amazing support from a mother who wasn't her mother. Amazing. What a trip that was. That's where the song comes, that she's a humble servant, and she feels so blessed that she's been given this honor, right? And then fast forward to the birth story. Oh, my God, did the prophecy really have to drag her out of her hometown to get all the way to Bethlehem? And we know she was really far along, very pregnant. And then when they arrive, is there any room at the inn? No. So then she has to give birth in a cave-like barn where all the animals are. And so the Son of God was laid in a feeding trough. And then all these strangers come. No family members. There's shepherds and there's magi. And then it seemed like as soon as the magi left, they were off. Joseph had been told to get to Egypt as soon as he could, right? Nothing comes, right, by staying where they are because King Herod says he wants to meet the Christ child. And we know the Magi had to go a different way home to avoid King Herod. And so this is drama, and they're literally fleeing for their lives to save Jesus. Do you know that Jesus wouldn't last it a day without Mary and Joseph? Why would God? come to this earth as an innocent baby. It's complicated, but it's not love. And so then that whole thing passes and they head back to Nazareth. And we know from later on in the Gospels that the one thing the scripture says that the people believe about the town of Nazareth is nothing good, and I quote, comes out of Nazareth and who comes out of Nazareth? Jesus. And then there's those Nazareth days. It finally got to me that the person that Jesus spent the most time with was her. She got the everyday Jesus. She held him as an infant, and when she kissed him, she kissed the face of God. She got to hang out with him at home live with him through his teen years, right? And then there's that day where they go to Jerusalem for the Passover, and then they're leaving town, and these are huge caravans, thousands of people, and they're two days into the journey, and all of a sudden they can't find him, and right, they start getting upset, and they turn around and go back, and then they're running through the city, and they're getting frantic, and then they finally see him in the temple. And do you know what he says to his frantic parents? It was not good, right? Didn't you know I'd be here in my father's house? I could imagine her going, fix him. <laughs> Help me. 
right? What not to say to frantic parents, right? And then as she's standing there and he's talking, we realize that he's got two dads. He's got a stepdad and he's got God as a dad. So he didn't have a traditional family. And then we fast forward again and now there's this wedding and the disciples are invited and she's invited. And what happens at the wedding? They run out of wine. And there's this great little scene. Remember, he hasn't done any miracles yet. And she leans over and says, basically, you need to do something about this. And you know what he says to her? <laughs> Woman. Now, I can't imagine turning to my son and saying, Saint and he goes, Woman. <laughs> Jesus did. Kind of sassy, almost, right? And he says, Mother. It's not yet my time. But there's like a little verse in there, and then the next thing we see him doing it. So I think what happened in Cana stays at Cana, and he did the miracle. It's amazing. Some years now, it's years into his ministry, he, they're getting word back at the house that he's like casting out demons, and he's healing people, and he sounds like he's crazy. So she takes his other brothers and sisters, and she marches to where he is, and he's preaching in the house, and someone comes running in and says, Hey, Jesus, your mother's here with your brothers and your two sisters. And he's like, Everyone is my brother and sister. Now, was he being disrespectful to his mother and his family? No. He was trying to create a picture, a spiritual picture of where all the family of God he got to them. He took care of them. He was the eldest son. And now, the next time we see her is the trial in the Golgotha at the foot of the cross. And then there's that moment where he actually says, calls John over while he's hanging on the cross, and he says, John, take care of my mother. And now, mother, he's your son because it is Jewish custom that the oldest son has got to provide for his mother. So even from the cross, he's providing for his mother. And when they take him down from the cross, he's laid in her arms. The morning of the resurrection, we list all of these Marys, and there's some controversy about some of the other Marys, but we know for sure there was two and we know their names, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus. So where had she been? She'd been with all the disciples in hiding. And then she came out with the women to embalm his body. And we know the story of the resurrection. And the last time we see her, it's the night before Pentecost. And she's there with the disciples, the 11 disciples, and they have to pick a replacement for Judas, and she is there, and the next day Peter gets up and preaches, and the church is born, and she got to be a part of that. What if Mary was here today? What would she preach today? I think she'd do it in bullet points. I think she'd say this, I thought I was an ordinary person, and God made me extraordinary with this call. And it was really a call to love. And it was bigger than I ever imagined. And it was hard, but it was life. 
And then I think she would say that she was chosen by God, just like Jesus chose disciples, just like Jesus chooses us, and that too is a humble privilege. And that it's not a choice for comfort and ease. To be chosen by God is to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And it's gonna take all your head and all your heart. It's gonna take everything you've got. But how interesting it is to be blessed by God when we come face to face in living in the paradox of this world, which is at one and the same time we can experience tremendous joy and the greatest challenge. And I think she'd say this, she didn't have a voice before God called her. And when she sang that song, she found her voice and Jesus listened to that voice his entire life. And Jesus gives us all a voice. Jesus welcomes us all to the table. Jesus says we're all important. We have a voice. Perhaps even Mary would say, well, raising Jesus, it was complicated. And I'd like to end with this. Since last Mother's Day, for some of you, maybe it's been a hard year about moms. And whether moms are in this life or in eternal life, maybe perhaps it's been a really good year. You've arrived at the season of resurrection and you're filled with gratitude. But I have to say this, the very best news for all of us is that there's nothing you or I can do that could ever separate us from the love of God. He's got us. Complicated days, good days, bad days, when you're on your worst behavior, when your mother or the woman in your life is on her worst behavior, God's got us all. So God, with a mother's heart, gave Mary to Jesus. And Jesus, with a mother's heart, his love surrounds and supports us good times and hard times. And each one of us, with all our hearts, let us thank God for the Marys in our lives, for the women, our mothers by birth or not, who make the choice every day to love us the way God loves us and calls us loved and family. And then may God grant us a willing spirit and a listening ear to receive Jesus as he comes through us, through the important women in our lives and the seasons of life, however complicated they may be, for what is not complicated is that Jesus loves you with a love that will not let you go. Amen.